What's up, guys? So we are back again with another one of these special COVID-19 uh, podcast episodes um, because obviously we're, we're banging these out because a lot of people have questions and in the fitness industry, it's not like there is a one uh, disseminating information body, not one person that's like, these are the people you go to or this is the organization or whatever you go to. And within the fitness industry, there is obviously a, a huge number of potential goals you could have you know, you could be, you could fit into a huge number of potential populations, right? So we're trying to help as many people as we can. Um, and one of those populations that you could fit into is the, we'll call it the physique orientated trainee, right? And I'm trying to encompass in that, if you are into bikini com competitions, you know, men's physique, bodybuilding, whatever, basically your, your whole MO with training is you are there to be or to aim towards some sort of bodybuilding composite competition at some stage, you know, or at least you train like that, that's the goal. Right. And so there's a few obvious issues that have been presented because of this uh, whole global pandemic. And while we do train occasionally, some people that are interested in bikini competitions or men's physique competitions, I wouldn't say that that's the population that I serve most often, right? So while we do train those people occasionally, that's not who I generally train. So instead of me talking absolute waffle uh, about how we can help those people, I decided to reach out to, uh, reach across the pond effectively to one of the, uh, the best, we're going to say the best, uh, at least the best muscle mentor. Um, <laughs> we're going to say one, one of the, the best coaches in England, rising star at the moment, um, and that is Mr. Cauliflower Raisendick. So uh, take it away, introduce yourself, give people a little bit of your background. Like you've been on the podcast before, but that was quite a few episodes ago. So just tell us who you are, where they can find you, and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. Thank you for uh, having me on, Paddy. Um, got my name bang on correct there. Uh, I think the last time I was on was probably a year ago, wasn't it? It was a long yeah, time. it was a good while, yeah. Um, but I am one of five now, one of five muscle mentors. Obviously, um, myself and Luke kind of founded it, and then we brought more people on in the team over the last couple of years. Um, you're probably familiar with us. If you're not, then just search the muscle mentors and you'll be able to find us. But um, obviously, from my demographic with clientele, the majority of my clients are well, all of them are body composition based. Most of them are either competing or here to do a specific dates, like a photo shoot, et cetera. They're off season or they're in prep. So um, it's a particularly interesting time um, for those that have scheduled diets or preps for this year, because obviously the, the kind of recent events have significantly disrupted the original plans. And now we're in the process of adapting a lot of people here that will have either, you know, had shoots planned this year or are thinking about competing or were just pursuing body composition goals that um, have had their original plans kind of fairly disrupted by, you know, what, what's been going on. Yeah, and that's effectively what we want to talk about today because, again, I know a lot of people prep themselves, you know, and like it's all fine and well if you have a coach, right? Because in a coach like you, can, you've told all your clients, you've already discussed all the issues with your clients or are in the process of discussing all the issues with your clients. But I know a lot of people prep themselves and I obviously like they might've prepped other people or done whatever, but 
basically they need some guidance because you know a lot of the shows have been cancelled you know especially all the all the spring shows have been cancelled you know i think there's one or two that are like still on the fence because they're just a little bit of the timeline is you know maybe uh, we might whatever but i'm effectively advising people that to basically get rid of any thoughts of spring shows or before summer shows because there's there's no point dieting down getting excessively lean and then being like all right two weeks out from your show it's canceled you know yeah. so i think probably just to start this whole thing off the, the best advice right now is to act as if your shows are canceled if they're in spring and they haven't been canceled you know um however you know that's obviously up to you as an individual if you're like no i'm gonna do it i'm gonna be the only one on only one on stage you know like that's that's cool if you want to do that that that's cool that's fine you know um, or, you know, there, there is talk of like some of them being like, okay, we're not going to have a, an audience or whatever. And it's like, yeah. okay, cool. Again, either way, I've been advising people that have asked um, to act as if your show is not on, you know, yeah. which obviously, and we'll get into it later in the podcast, that's going to influence how you then approach your diet and how you approach your training and all that kind of stuff. Because obviously there's other situ- there's other issues that have come up, like, you know, you've no access to a gym now, you know, um, which again, we'll get into. But effectively what I want to ask you right now is let's, let's talk to the people that have, they were maybe dieting for a spring show, right? So they're in that position, you know, as if you were talking to your client now, someone has asked you, they're like, right, I was dining for, you know, in Ireland, it's the RIBBF and the spring show and it's been canceled. Right. And mm-hmm. um, so they're like, or maybe they're doing body power, you know, cause a lot of Irish people go over do body power. Right. And obviously both of them have been canceled as far as I know. Um, so they're in that position. They've been dieting for a while, perhaps, you know, they're, they're fairly lean already at this stage. You know, we're, we're quite close to those shows, you know, so how should they approach the thought process? We want to get into the particulars of the actual diet and training or whatever. We'll get onto that later on, but how should they approach their thought process now? Because the way I see it, again, you've two kind of approaches where you go, look, we're going to just compete later in the year, or we're just going to defer this year go back into like an improvement season and then look at 2021 as a, a potential. So what are your kind of thought process around there? What are you kind of advising your clients? You know, what's the story there? So I, I've had, I had six that was supposed to be in that spring classic. So it's, mm. um, it's definitely relevant. Um, so you just got to consider the fact that if we've got like a mid April show that by now, if it's the 22nd of March now, those individuals are pretty much there in terms of condition. So they're going to be in a position where the body's starting to dig quite significantly now, male or female. Um, and we've also got to consider the fact that kind of elephant in the room of if those individuals are taking anabolics, they've been on anabolics for quite a long time within that prep by now. So it's not necessarily a time frame that we want to be extending too long. Um, so with those people in that demographic right now, unlike people that are just about to start prep that are fresh and they have the ability to just change plans easily, mm-hmm. um, we need to be in a position where we basically set a contingency plan that says, you know, if that individual wants to pull out of prep and I'll give them the opportunity, like if you want to stop and aim for next year, absolutely fine with that. We'll reverse diet. We'll start tapering your output and, and kind of bringing up your calories is a little bit because somebody's now not training in a gym and their stimulus isn't the same as it was before potentially their needs going to change hmm. i'm not going to then say right we're going to bring you straight back up to maintenance and we're going to push on from there because energy balance is going to be completely different so our ability to manipulate calories needs to be different as well um but for most of the the guys and girls that are in that 
bring classic i've given them a an initial bump up in calories and initial tapering of, of output. I've kept some in, obviously, mm. um, and I've obviously not brought them all the way back up to maintenance, but basically it's to take them out of that position where the body's quite um, And then it buys us time, and we'll basically plan. Most of them have a six to eight week, what I'd call like rebound phase or reset phase, where the body's going to be in a pretty damn responsive state. Um, and we're in a position now where you're – you have the ability to make a lot of good progress in that time frame, unless fatigue is extremely high and you need to back off straight away. You have the ability to make a lot of good progress. So luckily a lot of my clients have the ability to train either at home gyms or they, um, you know, have equipment at home that they can actually crack on with, not to the extent they have, but we do have the ability to make some progress here. Um, but like we need to set ourselves a time frame that says, right, by most of them, it was July. I'll have calories up to a place that you were at when you were between six to eight weeks out. And then if we see, you know, shows are on end of August or September, October, and this is under control, which we obviously discussed is probably very unlikely, mm -hmm. but if this is under control, then we have an ability to then turn that back around from a good position where we rid fatigue, where calories are back up, where output's back down, where we've probably been cruising from an anabolics perspective. And we have the ability to then pull them back into prep with a six to eight, Eight, eight week out time frame in our mind and pull them into a show again um or if by the time we get to july you know this is not going to work this year and we're going to have to aim for 2021 then they've just successfully pulled themselves out of prep they're still in a good place body composition wise and they re-enter and re-enter an improvement phase and go back into the off season yeah like that's again kind of what i've been saying to people like again i don't train anyone at the moment doing with physique shows and stuff and um, but having that approach i think that's it's probably the smartest way to go about it. Like kind of pull yourself out of prep because you know right now like most shows are cancelled or again, they, they will be cancelled. Um, so if you can just hold that kind of six to eight weeks out position and like, yeah, maybe some fat gain occurs and maybe that's a little bit disappointing to you because you were like, this is the year I'm going to get fucking shredded out of my mind. Like, and you're kind of going, all right, cool, accept it, whatever. Maybe just talk, talk your clients through some of that, you know, that because it's, it's a hard one to be in because you know yourself like, uh, competitors are very like on or off they're like this is the goal this is what i'm working yeah. towards and now if you're like oh we're just going to defer your goal for maybe a few weeks and you know let's kind of half switch our approach you know because there's no clear plan of action like yeah you can you can say there's a clear plan of action that you're like we're going to go for the august show or we're going to go for whatever but you don't know right now like that could also be cancelled you know we don't know what the situation so it, it can be very hard to mentally get your head in the game for, for that kind of stuff. But I think having an approach where you get back up to that position where, you know, you're able to hold the condition where you're at that kind of eight weeks out phase, like maybe even you're like, look, I wouldn't mind even just holding 12 weeks out kind of, kind of place. I feel a little bit more comfortable from like a, a hormonal, we'll call it, or a psychological perspective. You're like, I just feel a little bit more comfortable there rather than trying to hold that really lean condition. Like eight weeks out, eight weeks out is pretty lean. Like, you know, um, so whatever they kind of feel comfortable with, um, that it's a good point to be in. And then when you come closer to the shows, having that kind of, okay, we're going to start maybe initiate the diet to like really push towards that goal, but also monitor the situation in terms of going, if the show gets canceled, we might just have to completely reverse out of this and then just aim for 2021, right? Yeah. But there obviously is going to be a few people that are like, oh no, I'm starting my master's or I'm starting fucking something else in September. I don't want to do the, uh, 
the later shows, the, the autumn shows, you know, I, it's just not for me. Right. Um, so obviously those people, you're probably just gonna have to defer it to 2021 anyway. Um, so that's obviously the other option. Now, obviously this is easy if you're coaching someone cause you can talk to them, have the perspective with them and, you know, actually lay out some plans. But if you have someone right now that's, you know, maybe thinking about doing the autumn shows and hoping they're on, but also kind of on the fence with like, oh, like, I don't know, maybe I could be a bit bigger. Maybe, you know, I'll be, I, when I lean down, I notice, you know, I don't know, my fucking rear delts or something were lacking. Like, obviously, there's going to be a few people in this position where they probably could do with another year of a, an off season and like really progress their physique and bring an unbelievable package next year. So obviously they're in this weird position, like this is unprecedented. So yeah. would you suggest to them to effectively just treat the rest of this year as a, an improvement season and really look towards 2021? So if you're in on that kind of on the fence and maybe mm, oh, I could maybe be better here or they notice some things during their prep, maybe they were like, I could have done that better or they wish they had changed some variables, done a little bit more volume for these muscles or, you know, train a little, whatever it is, you know, they're kind of on the fence. Are we just saying to those, like just aim for 2021? Well, I've got a few, I've got a few, I'm happy to admit, I've got a few guys and girls in that position now where we brought them down for the last kind of eight to 10 weeks. And we were aiming for, um, you know, slightly later shows in April where, you know, we're both not, not perfectly happy with what we're seeing in terms of like, not necessarily conditioned, but just the look overall. And it's like, in this position, do we dig further now? Or realistically, like, let's use this as a recomp and let's make those improvements now to solidify the look coming into 2021. Because you just got to appreciate, in order to put yourself in a position mentally where you're like, I want to prep this year, because it may not happen in the first place, mm -hmm. everything needs to be perfect. Like, you need to be in a position where it's like, this is the best I've looked. I'm in a good place. I've got no external factors that are going to, well, in my control that are going to impact what's going on and I'm just going to hold this out and see if it happens if it doesn't happen it's next year if it does happen I'm going to be on the money but unless you're in that position where you can definitively say everything is set up perfectly I would I would just refer to next year because it just gives you more time to improve like I've told all my guys and girls like this is the perfect scenario where let's use a period of time in a deficit you know either you have done it or you're just about to do it to recomp and then let's use that to our advantage because now we've got six months additional time that we didn't have where we can improve to make a, a better a better you next year. Like it's not a bad thing. It's got to mm. change the timeframes that we're working with and just reiterate the fact that like, we're doing this because we love to be in the process as opposed to I'm doing this just because of that one show and then I'm going to sack everything off because my clients aren't like that and yours won't be either. Like we're doing this because we love to do it. So it doesn't matter when that time frame is, it just gets delayed a little bit. Mm -hmm. And this, this also then obviously goes on to uh, a smaller segment of this whole population, like the first timers, right? Because obviously they are, they are having a fucking shit time of it because, you know, they're already probably dealt with over the last, whatever, 20 weeks, we'll say, you know, oh, this is the first time I've really pushed, you know, maybe training, maybe really pushed, you know, dieting. And they've, they've really got into a nice rhythm structure. You know yourself, like when you diet down, it's like, you become very regimented and it's like you, you have a lot of structure and a lot of people have never done that before. So, you know, get, getting to the stage where you, you now have put in 20 weeks and you've really learned a lot about yourself as a person and learned a lot about the process and what, what's actually involved. If this is your first time and it's basically like, yeah, so I, I know you did all that hard work. It's for nothing. Um, 
you might be thinking that like obviously it's not for nothing but you know you might be like oh what the fuck like my shows are cancelled you know I've been putting in all this hard work you know fuck this shit and you might go off on a fucking mad bender or feel like going off on a mad bender you know but uh, th- th- those first timers I think they're in a wonderful position to make some great progress over the next few weeks over the next few months but at the same time it's like I actually think they're in a very hard position mentally to kind of switch that because at least if you diet down for 20, 24, 30 weeks or whatever, and then have a show, a definitive end point, it's like, all right, cool. You can kind of get your head around that mentally and do all the things like maybe, yeah, you still have a a fucking mad time of it the day after the show or whatever, but you get back on and you have this like, okay, cool. I know exactly the next show I do. I'm going to be, you know, 10 times better and whatever else. But now you're kind of in the position where you're like, there was no end point. You didn't get that, uh, that closure, that, uh, that kind of feeling like, oh, I've accomplished something. Like, yeah, you might get all the feeling of, okay, yeah, I've accomplished this structure to my life. I learned a lot about myself or whatever, but it can kind of feel like there's no closure to that. And now you're yeah. kind of reversing out to maybe prep in August or whatever, but maybe you do 2021. So how should people view it? Like, obviously, again, we're talking to multiple people here. So like there's, Obviously, it's an individualized thing. You need to talk to the actual individual. But how should maybe a first-timer conceptualize this? How should they be thinking about going forward, especially from that kind of more flip-the-switch mental perspective? Because um, obviously, they're in a, in a difficult position now. Like two perfect examples, and I've posted them a fair bit over the last few months, for me would be um, uh, Caroline and Georgie, who are both first-timers this year, who have both made incredible progress over the last you know three four five months um and and been working like damn hard within a deficit within a prep with the goal of competing within the next four weeks um for those individuals and for everyone in those shoes when you were in the mental state you were prior to prep everything felt quite daunting because it's your first time doing this everything felt bloody like Am I going to be able to do this in the first place? Am I going to be as good as, you know, those girls look like on stage? Am I going to be able to live up to that expectation? Over the last kind of 16, 20 weeks, you've just proved yourself that you can because mm. you've got very, very close to being like on the money, very, very competitive on any stage within the UK, mm. um, on a PCA stage, on a two bros stage. And if you've got yourself in that position, you just tick the box in your own head to say, I can do this and I'm more than capable. So next time, you know, when it comes to it, you back yourself because you've already done it once like you haven't got to the stage yet but you've done you've done the process like if you've done the first 16 20 weeks of a diet mm. you've done the hard work like the end is the end is just making sure you just bloody survive to get on stage but the hard work is the mental battle of getting in shape over those 16 20 weeks you've done that process you've ticked that box in your head you know you're capable and that's why we're looking at you know visual representations of what's going on what was the starting look when you started prep what's the look 18 weeks since that diet that is your snapshot of this is what i'm capable of this is what i've achieved but now in that light the habits that you've had in prep that have taken you to that point cannot then stop you can't give up all those habits that have made you such a an effective productive person in prep immediately after you say right we're not going to p- compete until next year now because those habits have got you there and those habits will keep you there as well when you reverse out of your diet those habits need to stay in day to day the time you're getting up the time you're going to bed the time you're you know the 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 you know, meticulousness with your tracking your food, the, the, you know, tracking your steps, your recovery, all those little things that come into, into play that, you know, aren't the, 
the nuts and bolts of your training aren't the nuts and bolts of anything else, but they're keeping you together. You know, those habits you've got to stay in play and from a mental perspective as well. Um, so like I've reiterated to particularly those two girls, but all of, all of my guys and girls that are first timers this year that, you know, you've just proved yourself that you're capable of doing this. The time frame in which you deliver what you're capable of doing on stage has changed, but the process does not change. Hmm. And your habits that have got you to this point now need to stay with you moving forwards. Yeah, I think it's kind of the perspective of basically getting a new mission. Like you're like, okay, the mission got canceled. I was prepped for this mission, right? So you now either have one of two options with a mission. You're like, it's either the later autumn-ish shows or it's it's next year, you know? Now, again, obviously you're talking to individuals when you're, you're coaching them and it's, it's easier to be like, this is the plan of action for you. This is what best suits your schedule, what you have coming up later in the year, what you have coming up, whatever, you know? But as a general person, if you're prepping yourself or maybe even if you, you have a coach and they're prepping you and you're kind of like discussing back and forth with them going like, should we do this? Maybe do this. There are obviously some benefits to, to this whole situation. Like as we said earlier on, like if you have, we'll say muscle to gain or a, a look to, to achieve and you're like, I know I can do that. Just a little bit more work here, here and here. And it's like, yeah, we yeah. can really bring a, a complete package. It's like, cool, just go for next year. Yeah, that's the, an easier approach, you know? Whereas if you're like, I'm actually really happy with the look I have, you know? And I'm really happy with the way everything went. You know, the, the prep wasn't too hard. Like prep is always hard, but like it wasn't too hard in, in terms of like, you, you actually like the, the regimented daily structure. And you're like, this is actually, I, I enjoy this. You know, maybe then you go for the, the closer shows, the, the autumn shows. And even if they don't happen, it's like, cool. You, you've still had a few months to kind of improve in some areas. And you still had a few months to kind of, keep your head in the game so effectively they're the two the two missions that you have now the only worry i have with first timers now is not knowing how and this brings us to the next discussion in a second um, but first of all not knowing how to effectively reverse like they maybe didn't have a plan you know for after their show you know so they don't know they, they didn't have a plan either way so knowing now when it's like it's cancelled i can see a lot of people probably just going into full-on bulk mode where it's like just give me all the fucking food available there's no and also with the boredom maybe they're at home they're quarantined they're self-isolating whatever there's all those situations going on like it's a perfect storm for a proper yolo diet now you know um, and yeah. so that, that's one thing we'll get to that in a second but also you know if you are you know picking a new mission you're still focused you're still like look I'll, I'll, I'll maybe reach out to someone help me get a plan of action for different things uh, with my diet with my training whatever that's cool maybe they have a coach whatever they, they, they can create the plan of action we'll discuss that now in a second right but there's obviously two different issues that occur if you go for the, the shows that are coming up in autumn you know and, and you're a first timer the only real issues are having a, a proper plan in place, right? Because once you know how to plan it, once you're like, I know how to structure this, you know, I know maybe reverse out of this, maybe hold a certain condition like we were talking about. It's like, once you have that plan, it, it, it's not a big issue, you know? Again, you have a few months to improve, view it like that, right? Um, but if you are going towards the, the 2021 shows, we'll say, I can see a lot of people are going to struggle because they effectively have, we'll say a year now to restructure their entire plan and it can be very hard to keep yourself mentally focused for that you know and understand the because it can kind of feel like you're not going into an off season you know it's like oh this is not an off season i'm basically going to try hold condition for the rest of the year into next year i can see a lot of people will definitely have that thought process of like 
I actually achieved quite a lot. Let me see if I can stay this lean. And especially if they're a first timer, like that's, that's obviously not the approach that we want. But also I can see them because they didn't get the closure of a show, like having accomplished it, having achieved it, done, stepped on stage and everything, that they can kind of be left thinking like, okay, I'm basically going to diet into next year. I'm just going to keep, keep going and keep digging and see what I can achieve. And it's like, that's obviously not a beneficial approach. So I'm actually not worried. Once they have the approach for the, the autumn shows, that's easy. We'll talk about that in a second. But I'm more worried about the people thinking of like, okay, I'm just going to go 2021, especially as first timers, that their approach to things, like because they haven't had a the closure and because they haven't had the, uh, yeah, effectively they're like, do I go into an off season? Like even if you give them a plan of action, it can kind of feel like they're, they're not on track. So is there anything you would suggest or say to those people that are kind of like, look, I didn't get the closure of this show that I wanted. I'm a first timer and I'm, I'm thinking 2021 now. Like, how would you kind of conceptualize, structure that? And then we'll, we'll kind of start touching on diet and training and that kind of stuff. Like, for, for the guys and girls that I have that are on the fence, whether, like, if there's a show later this year, I'll jump into that, or if not, I'll go 2021. I've given them that six to eight-week time frame. So by the end of May, we'll have made a definitive decision. It, it's looking more likely that it's not going to be this year, but we shall see. But by the end of May, all those individuals will either be I'm going to hold for a little bit longer or I'm going to straight into an off-season and making the time frame, you know, making the four or five months I have left of this year productive in the first place. But it's got to think as a first-timer, you're never going to be fully satisfied with what the look is before you've actually presented it on stage and you know what you need to improve, you know where you stand competitively on stage. So I would say, like, instead of being in limbo, because if you're in limbo and you're holding yourself at maintenance till the rest of the year, you are ultimately not making progress. And as a first time, like, you want to be trying to maximize progress all the way up until your prep starts. Um, so for example, if you've just pulled out a prep and it's April now, you've got April till potentially December within an off season to make improvements, don't waste the opportunity because it's prime time territory to bring something more competitive to 2021. Um, like for, for my clients, I'll, within their tracker, so within like their diet sheets and their, and their training sheets and whatever, I'll have a timeline and for everyone that comes on board competitively or shoot, shoot prep or whatever, they'll have a timeline mapped out on Excel from January 1st to the last day of December. And they'll have all the dates that are kind of key dates within the year, so whether they're shows or shoots. And they'll have a page that has a timeline and a page that has an energy balance and a page that has the focus of that phase. And we basically go through the year and map out you know, when we're dieting, when we're in a surplus, when we're going to review, when we're, you know, doing blood work, when we're starting the cycle, stopping the cycle, whatever we're doing. So everything's mapped out visually so they can see that. Now, for clients that have just pulled out a prep, this week, I just changed those timelines. So visually they can see, right, this month I'm doing that, this month I'm doing that. By the end of, you know, April, I'm going to be in a position where the calories are going to be at X, X weeks out calories, they're going to be this high. So if they can visually see that and they know what's coming and they can predict that, it's going to be much easier for them to stay on track. Whereas if you've got a client that's coaching themselves that doesn't have that kind of visual representation and has something tangible to look at and say, in eight weeks' time, I'm going to be here and I need to be here, it's very easy to lose control because you don't have, you don't have a plan, essentially. So if you are in that position where you don't have a coach, either get a coach who can do that for you or think very objectively about what's the most optimal way to approach this moving into next year and write that timeline yourself. Yeah, I think I think that is probably 
the the best approach you can do is like effectively just be like i just need to map this out and visually i i really like doing that as well with clients where it's like we're actually going to have this down on like a an actual visual representation of it even if it's literally excel and you just yeah. have 12 boxes you know it's like this is what i'm doing on each of these months you know but having that in front of you where it's like okay so i know where exactly my approach or where my focus should be for all of those i think that's is, is going to be key if you are going for those 2021 shows because you can actually visually see like, okay, cool. We have from now, whatever this is, the 22nd of March or whatever. You're like, look, it's, it's, it's over. We're going straight into like reversing out of this dieting phase, straight into a, an improvement season, whatever that means for you in terms of calories. Like obviously if you're a, a bikini competitor versus if you're a fucking competitive bodybuilder, like that's, that's going to look completely different, but that's, that's an aside. Um, but for you, it's like, okay, this is what the approach is going to look like. And then you're like, okay, well, you know, maybe I want to, I have a holiday book for August. They already had it, you know, maybe it won't go ahead or whatever. You're like, whatever. I'm going to hold whatever six weeks out condition for this section, eight weeks out condition for this section, whatever it is. And then once I know closer to the time, uh, when it's it's definitive that I'm not going on my holiday or whatever else, it's like right then you can really change your timeline going forward. But I do like having that visual representation. Now, which brings us to the next point because obviously, if you're going to have this visual visual representation and be like, this is my gaining section, this is my dieting section, and all that kind of stuff, we we kind of have to know how to set up our diet going forward because obviously, again, we're assuming now someone has been dieting for this April show. There may be four, six, whatever weeks out from it. Yeah. How do we reverse out of this? Because obviously, again, if you had a, if you had the closure of a, a show, it's like, all right, cool. Like generally, we say to clients, it's like, yeah, have a few fucking cheat meals, whatever you want to call them, the the night of the show, maybe even the day after the show. But after that, we're gonna have a more structured approach to the diet going forward. You know. Um, yeah. For for these individuals without that closure of a show, they're kind of they can they can be left either going like, all right, Chinese takeaways twice a week now, let's go for it, fucking four and ones, like whatever it is, you know. Um, so how do, how do we approach the diet? Like, obviously, you don't have to go through fucking every single thing about the actual diet structure. Just kind of talk with like uh, broad strokes with this. Like, are we just banging calories back up to where we think maintenance is like roughly because obviously we don't we don't we're not trying to maintain the four weeks outlook that we are potentially here so are we just banging up calories to slightly above maintenance and then seeing how the, the body responds effectively or are we maybe slowly adding calories and then reaching the level of body fatness that we're like this is a good striking distance from a show, a shoot, whatever. Like how, how, how are you, how are you structuring this for your individuals that you're coaching right now? So like I revert, our approach reverse dieting based on what I kind of refer to as tolerance. So if that individual is in a diet where tolerance is extremely, it's extremely low to continue to remain accountable to a more rigid approach and lower food, their tolerance is low and I need to accommodate that with my decision. So their initial calorie jump will be more significant than someone that says, Cal, tell me whatever I need to do. I do not care. This is where I want to be. How do I get there? Obviously for that individual, I'm like, right, we've got more leeway here. I'm going to be a little bit more, a little bit more slow and patient with my adjustments to hold on to condition. 
um, and try and put them in the best possible place. But if I'm with, if I'm with someone that says, you know, food focus is through the roof, I just want to cheat on my diet all the time, I can't stop thinking about food. It's like, if I bump up their calories by 200 calories a day for the next four weeks, they're going to go and binge and it's going to be a, a downward spiral and they're going to lose control. So, you know, for, for those individuals, I'd normally give myself a four week time frame where I want to get from where they are now in four weeks to being in a very stable place. And I will adjust calories every either each week or bi-weekly to make sure they are in a place where they're like, right, I'm pretty content with where I'm at now. I'm eating and I'm, I'm satiated. You know, I'm not incredibly food focused anymore. And like for those individuals, I wouldn't waste time. Like I wouldn't go from, you know, 1200 calories to two and a half thousand calories in a week, but I'd give myself a time frame, time frame to say, by the end of this four week time frame, you're going to be in a position where you're perfectly happy to hold that set point. And yes, there may be a few slip ups, but at least you've got a timeline that you're trying to hold yourself accountable to. For the individuals that are robots and can just do this without any emotion, by all means, be a little bit more strict with it. Because ultimately, you're going to get to the same place at the end of the day, but maybe the people that can be more robotic and take their emotions out of this, maybe they can hold on to a slightly better set point when they get there. Yeah. And obviously, again, like it is an individualized approach. And like, obviously, if you're coaching yourself or, you know, this is your first time, you just you're 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 kind of fucked from a lack of knowledge. You know, you just you've never done this before. You've never seen this before. You've never had to deal with this before. You know, so even with you saying that and being like, right, we're going to have a a slower approach. We're going to actually go by we'll call it the psychology around food for the individual, you know, where it's like, how, how is your actual relationship? With, with your food, with your, with your diet and stuff. And let's actually design our plan around that. Because I think a lot of discussions around nutrition, especially, well, training as well, let's be honest, uh, it, it kind of forgets that we're talking about individuals. And obviously every individual has a, a different belief process, different psychology, whatever else. And that has to be taken into account. But I think especially with nutrition, you can kind of get lost in the, the weeds of like, okay, we're going to add 200 calories. And you, you say that as if like, that's a magic approach that the individual is going to be able to 100% get on board with. And like you said, be a robot where it's like 200 calories. Cool. What do you want them from spinach? Cool. I'll, I'll literally add 200 calories of spinach. You know, like they don't, they don't give a fuck. They'll do whatever the fuck, you know, you say jump this high, they'll literally fucking jump higher if you want, you know? Um, so obviously you have to take the, the individual into account, <clears throat> but if you are coaching yourself, that can be very hard. So yeah. generally, like you're, you're going to have to approach this with the mindset that you're probably going to fuck it up. Right. Um, and that that's okay. You know, there's like, it, it happens. Right. But like, like you were saying, it's like, if you have some sort of plan in place, you're going to be in a much better position to actually deal with this, this whole situation overall, you know? Um, and in terms of like, obviously the reverse, it's going to be it's going to be specific to the individual. But let's say they do reverse out. They, they come up with an approach and they're like, yeah, I'm going to stick to this. I'm going to slowly add some calories at a level that I feel comfortable with and you know, get up to, we'll say, the eight weeks out position body fat wise. You know, um, If we are going for, because we'll, we'll assume we have the ability to go for an autumn show, are, are we then holding that, right? Or are we then looking to maybe gain for a month or two and then diet back down? Like, what's what's the uh, medium term approach now? Like, we're like, okay, my show is cancelled now, but I actually am really happy with the package I brought. You know, yeah. I didn't get to showcase it. That's cool. Didn't get to get feedback, whatever. But there's this show in August, and I'm like, that's the one. That, I'm I'm doing that one. That was 
my second choice anyway. I was, I was maybe even contemplating, you know, doing the two seasons, doing the, the spring and the autumn. I'm like, my physique is unreal. You know, uh, maybe you had that thought process, right? So what's their approach now? So they've, they've reversed out, you know, it's an individualized approach. Hopefully they have someone helping them. If they don't, I would just reach out to someone and ask for help. But that's obviously my perspective because I coach people and I'm always going to be like, get a coach, you know? <laughs> um, but maybe they have some help. Maybe they, they know how to do it themselves. They have that down, right? So they're, they're now at the position where they're, they're at that eight weeks out kind of condition. Do they just hold it until August? Do they, do they try to hold it? Or do they, you know, maybe push calories a little bit and hope for some extra gains? So you've got to think like if we're in that situation now and we're towards the end of March, by the time you get to probably mid-May, you're going to be in a position where you're back at those calories and you're sitting quite comfortably at that set point and you're still holding good condition if you've managed to do that successfully. If you haven't and you've found yourself losing control, then obviously the, the time frame that you want to push, you, push yourself back to that set point needs to increase because your tolerance is low, as we said. But say you get to the to the the middle of May and now you're in a position where it's like sweet, I'm in a good place now, I'm happy to hold this. You've then got the rest of May, you've got June and you've got July, so like 10 weeks where you'd need to hold that set point. Given the fact that if you're gonna be super responsive coming out, coming out of a prep and you can nail this now, you'll be able to keep in good shape that entire time frame. Um, you know, I've had people that reversed out of diet out of shows and their condition literally doesn't change for like six to eight weeks. Um you'll be in a position where it's like, right, in June, I'm going to have four weeks now where I put myself in a slight surplus and I try and accrue some new muscle. And then through July, I then hold that set point and try and make it look a little bit better and get used to it and, and hold it. And then August, I then start dieting and dieting and for, for example, for like a September, October show. So I would definitely not say if you're holding out for an August, September, October show or November show, maybe, I would not hold that set point the entire time. To, for, for me, that would be wasted time because as soon as you've got yourself to that six to eight week out point and that's stable, you then have at least six to eight weeks where you can make improvements before you need to start dieting again. Um, obviously, the, the time frame will depend on how, how in shape you can keep yourself through that time frame, but um, it makes no sense to have June and July as wasted months of just holding the same set point. So like push into a small surplus there and, and make the most of it. 100%. Right. So now the, the next big thing, because obviously, okay, you get your nutrition, you get your, your mindset, you get your, your timeline, you get all of that stuff dialed in. Now this is to an extent more so focused on the, uh, the bodybuilders in the room. Um, and what I mean by that is like, if you're used to like, you're fucking, I don't know, 120 kilos, right? You're, you're a juicy boy, right? And you are used to throwing around big weights. You know, you're still doing it under control, but you're throwing around big weights, right? And now you're confined to home training, right? Which obviously isn't uh, exactly the most conducive to the, we'll call it progressibility. You know, it's not exactly like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, you certainly can get a fucking good workout. You can, you can really, you know, tax the muscles and feel, you know, delayed onset muscle soreness that you've never felt before, you know, and um, 100% you can do that, right? But if we're in this case, and we'll, ju we'll just say it pushes out to 30, 60, 90 days even, you know, without a gym, right? And 
you are obviously in a position where you're like, okay, I'm a bodybuilder. I'm used to even like bench pressing. You're like three plates. That's, that's a, a 12 rep set for me. It's pretty fucking easy. Um, like doing a couple of sets of pushups, that's, that's not going to, uh, not going to do much in terms of stimulation. Yeah. Okay, cool. You probably weigh like 120 kilos. So those are whatever, 120 kilo pushups. But at the same time, it's like, there's only so much stimulation you can get from at home training. Right. Yeah. So how do bodybuilders in particular uh, view this time period? Like how, 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 like what should they do effectively? So it's probably, it's probably worthwhile saying that the bodybuilders that can't live without the gym will probably find a way of getting into a gym. Sure. <laughs> um, like we need to consider the fact that, and the way I brief clients in that position is where, the way that we just need to view this as, as you said before, like a maintenance phase where like we need to realistically accept the fact that we're probably not going to make a, a huge amount of progress. Most people aren't going to make a huge amount of progress over these next few months whilst we're in a, in a position where we're having to train from home with limited equipment. If you've got like a sick home gym, perfect, crack on, it makes no difference. But, you know, the level of stimulus and the level of intensity, i.e. like the ability to progressively overload with actual like loading increments is going to be completely diminished now we're, we're training at home. So we've got limited kit. What our focus needs to be on is improving other areas of your life, like stress management, like sleep, like things we have more time to do now, making the most of that and looking at the positives and the opportunities. But also from a training perspective, just if we're going to take a more metabolic focus on training now, it also allows timeframes now where you've got less likelihood of getting injured. We can get the body back into a good place. We're not going to be developing and accumulating as much fatigue. Most people that are that heavy and that strong, sorry, I don't know if I can swear. Oh, you um, can swear all the time, man. I fucking curse all the time. Can't help it. <laughs> like, you, they're going to be injury prone all the time. And I know people that are like this. I've got clients that are like this. So this is an opportunity now where we can keep your injury free for 8, 10, 12 weeks. We can, keep, we can give your knees a break from being hammered on a hack squat. You can give your elbows a break from bloody dipping 100 kilos or pressing 100 kilos. So use this opportunity to get the body fresh and just view it as a gainstance phase where if you make any novel adaptations and, and novel um, improvements from changing the emphasis of your training, perfect. If you don't and you hold on to the level of muscularity you have, you're then in eight, in six, in eight, in 10 weeks' time in a place where the body's fresh, you've completely revamped your habits, so you're now a more efficient athlete, and now we push on when the gyms reopen. Like We can't be negative about this and think, oh, we've got to give up, because it's got to adapt to the circumstances and just look at what we can make the most of in terms of the situation and things we're in control of. hundred mm, percent. And also I, I think one of the things that like, cause I've seen obviously like you're on social media, you look at all whatever individuals are doing and you're like, okay, cool. You know, they're trying to get their home workouts done and you know, they're, they're doing whatever. Like I, I think a lot of bodybuilders in particular, they have an advantage here if they are a certain type of bodybuilder, we'll say, um, and that is, well, actually, they even, they even have even more of an advantage if they are a different type of bodybuilder, right? And what I mean by that is you have obviously a lot of bodybuilders that focus on like the internal focus of an exercise. Like they actually feel an exercise. They're like, okay, I want to actually target my chest. Let me actually target my chest. You know, they actually use their chest to do a pressing movement rather than just like momentum or, you know, let the, the, the tension go onto other structures or whatever, right? Um. So those individuals, they have a great time now because they're able to go home and use that same level of internal focus, internal intensity, whatever you want to call it, and make an exercise hard 
like internally, actually at the, the muscle level, right? But it also gives a, an opportunity for those individuals that have been really focused on the external load, the external, like they've been very externally focused of like, just add weight to the bar. It's like, use this time period to build a bit more of an internal practice where it's like, yeah, cool. You're not going to be able to bench press your normal fucking four plates. Cool. That's, you, you just can't do it, right? You can't do it at home. Sound, right? But what you can do is like, okay, I'm going to do these push-ups or these banded like chest press type exercises. Like, let's actually build a, an internal focus with this. Like you've never felt your chest uh, activate in this bench press. Like, yeah, like it's doing some work, but you've actually never felt it. So let's actually build that connection. Let's actually focus on that like internal cues or whatever you want to call them and really progress that. So eventually when you do get back to the gym, you know, cause we're presuming we're all going to survive this apocalypse uh, and get back to the gym uh, eventually, you know, you've now built an extra skill, have an extra skill in your overall arsenal. And then when you do go back to pressing your fucking four plates, you're like, Oh, I actually feel my chest working in this rather than, you know, I always call it getting results by accident where you're like, yeah. I, I just do these exercises because these are the exercises that build X muscle, whatever it is, you know? Um, and it's like, okay, now you're actually able to feel those muscles working. You're actually able to initiate those exercises with the, the, the correct, we'll say, uh, muscles. And it's like, oh, you actually get a better stimulus going forward, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. I think the, the uh, this is aimed at no one in particular at all, but the people that are very kind of flippant and dismissive of, I'm not training at home because I can't train. It's like, you just need to be more open-minded about what's going on here. A, there are bigger priorities in life now than your own training in given context and be like, if it is eight weeks, if it is even longer, like it's not going to be the end of the world. We can still move forwards through this and, and adapt, especially if you have a coach because they can just do it all for you. You just need to follow what they say. But um, yeah, like some of the stuff I'm seeing on social media is um, people just need to, to not have that defeatist attitude and we just need to adapt to the circumstances and move forwards because there are, are more than one ways of, more than one way of doing this. Yes, manage expectations as to what's realistic in this time frame, but you know, we've got our health, we've got the ability to train in the first place and that's a luxury at the end of the day. Yeah, um, and I also think it, it does showcase like people who have been effectively building their war chest, you know, when you've been spending time educating yourself, understanding the principles of exercise, understanding yeah. the principles of like what muscles actually do, how they respond, like why they respond uh, and like how they like grow and whatever else. Or again, like even like cardiovascular adaptations, all that kind of stuff. Now you're in a position where you're like, okay, I have the, the fundamental understanding, the principles. And now it just becomes a, a case of selecting the right tools for the job. You know, like if you've only ever had one tool you're like progressive overload all that means to me is adding more weight to the bar you know if that's all that means to you then it's like okay you don't have an arsenal that you can dig into right now and deal with the situation ahead of you so it is one of those things that it is just showcasing the people that have been building their, their arsenal building an understanding of exercise and all that and now it's like yeah okay maybe even if you are an individual listening to this and you're like yeah, i still don't really know exactly how to choose an exercise for this function of the muscle. It's like, cool, but you're already thinking a lot deeper than a lot of people and you're already in a better position because you're like, okay, yeah, I don't have the tool right now in the home setting. You're like, you understand the actual resistance training process and you're able to 
come up with somewhat of an effective protocol to achieve a similar goal. Like, let's not beat around the bush. Like I said, and you, you quoted there, it's like, we're in a gaintenance phase, you know? Yeah. Like, this is not optimal. Like, let's not sugarcoat it. It's not an optimal situation. Does that mean that you're not able to get a fucking fantastic stimulus? No, not at all. You can definitely, definitely build muscle in this situation. It only becomes an issue really if it goes beyond like six, nine, 12 months, you know, because then it's like, okay, cool. You've literally mastered fucking underwater backwards fucking shrimp squats. It's like, there's, there's, there's nowhere you can progress and stimulate the, the muscle enough with just body weight training. Like yeah. effectively you are limited in terms of, you know, the, the exercise selection becomes very almost circus-esque you know it's like it's just too hard to progress from a skill standpoint rather than a loading standpoint you know and obviously we can overcome this to some extent with the use of bands and the use of maybe you've some you know uh, weights and whatever at home but obviously there still comes a point where it's like that's just not enough you know but realistically being realistic that's nine twelve months away you know like you're not adapting to your fucking loaded single we- single leg on your tippy toes pistol squats in six months. You know, <laughs> like no one no one is getting that level of like skill development and you know whatever in those kind of time frames. Like now, I'm not saying that that's going to be the best exercise for you, not at all. But I'm just saying like there there are ways to stimulate muscles, and yeah, they're probably not going to be optimal, and they're probably not going to be the the most you know enjoyable or easily loaded or whatever else, but you can still get a great stimulus on the muscle. So if you've built up an understanding, a framework of exercise and resistance training and training in, in its whole, whatever you want to call it, um, you are in a much better position going forward. And you can just use these, this time off, whether it's two weeks or whether it's fucking six months. You can use this time off now and be like, okay, what, first of all, what other areas of my life have I been fucking lacking? you know, have not been fucking developing. And it's like, yeah, work on those. But from your, in terms of your physical practices, it's like, first of all, yeah, get out, go do some walking, you know, get out in nature. Like it's coming into spring, summertime, like the sun is out. So it's like, use that to your advantage. You're like, yeah, do stay two meters away from people. And if they start coughing, just get your, your gun out, you know? Um, <laughs> but, you know, get out, move, do some other stuff, you know, reconnect with other practices that maybe you fucking didn't do. Maybe you used to play the piano or something, maybe get back to that. You know, there's loads of things you can do. But from your physical practice standpoint, it's like use this time to build your understanding of exercise. And, you know, maybe you do do some esoteric exercises that you're like, nah, I never, I would never have done that. But, you know, use this time to think about exercise more deeply and be like, how could I potentially optimize this exercise for this? Like I'm seeing a lot of people being very inventive and, you know, creating exercises that are are similar to other exercises you might do in the gym. For example, like you, uh, it was you that posted a video. I think it was Hannah as well in the video doing like almost a hack squat type thing. You know, it's like, there's, there's loads of things that you can do in the gym. And it's like, Oh, I normally do this exercise now I want to do a similar movement. How can I kind of replicate that with what I have available to me? Right. And again, once you build that practice and you build that better understanding, when you go back to the gym, you're like, I actually know how to build better exercise for a given goal. You know, You're, you actually have a better understanding of, we'll call it exercise development, you know, or exercise selection, you know, and that really is going to stand to you long-term. So you'll see the people that spent the time right now to, upskill or whatever you want to call it 
And when they get back into the gym, boom, it's fucking next level, you know? Yeah. No, I completely agree. Completely agree. There's only one final thing, and you did, you touched on it earlier on, and it's, it's more of a, an opinion because it's not like we have fucking double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled fucking trials for this. But if someone is on anabolics and they have been on anabolics for the last while, and like, obviously... That, that covers a multitude of potential things that they could have been on, you know, and also whatever performance enhancing drugs or physique enhancing drugs they've been on, you know, like to maybe help with the, the fat loss process. They're, obviously this is all encompassing, right? If our shows have been canceled, are we then just going right back down to a cruise phase, just effectively treat this as a maintenance again, a maintenance period, uh, and just going straight to the cruise, are we doing any kind of like, because obviously there's two two different types of people in this camp, right? There's obviously the people that are like, I'm basically on TRT and then I just blast occasionally, right? And then there's obviously the individuals that are like, no, I want, I was thinking of coming off after my show, maybe again, like directly after the show or four weeks after the show or whatever else. Because I know that is an approach. Like obviously it's that, that approach is somewhat less favored, especially in British bodybuilding, but it's, it's falling out of favor with a lot of people uh, that kind of on and off cycle approach. And it's more so like, you know, we'll call it a blasting cruise. I'll, I actually don't like those words, but we'll call it a blasting cruise uh, approach. So there's obviously those two different types of people that we have to speak to. So w- what are you, not that you're <clears throat> a medical professional and not that you would ever even talk about anabolics uh, with people, but if you were to be in that position yourself, um, what advice would you give? I think ultimately it comes down to the individual and it comes down to ethical, an ethical decision that you need to make as to what you want to do as an individual and own that decision. So like my personal stance for most people and for myself would be, you know, you're either using higher amounts of anabolics or you're on TRT and you're cruising in a physiological range. Some people choose not to do that. That is completely personal dependent. That's your decision. Um, one, well, there's a couple of things we've got to consider here. There'll be the camp of people that think, right, I've just dieted for X amount of weeks. I'm going to explode now if I use a six to eight week time frame to make the most of this. I'm going to actually manipulate stack design. I'm going to lower my doses slightly, but I'm going to keep myself in a super physiological range for six to eight weeks and maximize progress and then pull down. Sweet. There's a load of progress that we can make there. That's a, that's a decision you need to make yourself and own, you know, own that decision and the potential ramifications of that long term. There are also people that will think, my show's cancelled. There's no need for me to be on higher amounts of anabolics now. I'm going to pull myself down into a, into a full cruise now, physiological range cruise immediately. Also consider the fact that if we're using certain esters like testosterone and anthate, it's going to take four weeks for that to clear out of a, of a super physiological range anyway. So even though you're stopping... X amount of milligrams per week now in four weeks in three weeks time that may still still be an elevated range in four weeks time it's going to start to drop back down to baseline so you're still going to be blasting for four weeks after you you pull down anyway just consider that um but there's two camps and it's just a personal decision like i don't make my clients do things they make decisions themselves um and i'll just basically advise on my personal opinion based on you know preserving their health as best as possible maximizing progress at the same time um, 
there'll be people that I know that will want to continue and push for six to eight weeks. That's absolutely fine. And there'll be a lot of people that I know that think, you know, Cal, it's not really worth me running this stuff at the moment because there's no immediate goal. So let's control what we control, continue to, you know, inch forwards, but pull me down to it into a quote unquote safer, that's another conversation by itself, safer position or a more stable position and, and do what we can in the time frame that we have. Um, it's a very hard thing to say definitively because it's a very individual decisions to make. Yeah, like it, it is what it is. Like, uh, like I just don't understand <clears throat> people that don't get other people's opinion. Like, yeah, you don't have to fucking listen to it, but you should definitely listen to it to other individuals who are have gone through obviously not this exact situation because no one has gone through this exact situation, but similar situations where like maybe their show was cancelled, maybe they got injured at six weeks out. So people have been in similar situations and been on anabolics and had to make decisions. So it would make sense to listen to people that have the experience with this stuff, or at least the very least, you know, get an educated opinion with them and like have a discussion. Like I know like, like social media is so fucking illuminating where you can literally just message someone and maybe they go, yeah, just drop me an email or whatever. But most people are pretty responsive in terms of their inbox on Instagram or Facebook or whatever else. And it's like, you literally can talk to the fucking best coach in the world at a drop of a fucking DM. You know, it's like you use that, you know, like ask them for their opinion. Like obviously again, it's an opinion because like we don't have fucking scientific evidence for any of this stuff. You know, like no one's paying for a, a fucking a study where it's like, oh, well, let's see if we drop bodybuilders by X amount of fucking dose and see what the response is. Like there's no, no one's paying for those studies, you know? So this is education from experience that you have to draw on, you know? Um, however, <laughs> what I'm going to say just purely because I, I know a lot of information, unfortunately, because I've had to do it for my fucking dissertation about the immune system and uh, hormones, because my dissertation was on sex differences in depression um, between males and females, obviously. Um, so I unfortunately have to had to read thousands of papers about this stuff. But it would be my educated opinion that supraphysiological doses of hormones are depressing to the immune system. Right. So if you are worried, potentially you are in an at risk population, like maybe you have asthma as well. Right. And you're like, cool. The asthma has never been an issue for me, but you know, I am actually on fucking three grams of trend per week. You know, that's, that probably has you immunocompromised and you're an at risk population. And I'm not saying that, you know, that's bad generally throughout the year. Like that's it's somewhat irrelevant, but if there is a virus going around, that uh, predominantly affects and kills people that have compromised immune systems and have compromised lung function, you know, yeah. I probably would be thinking about that a little bit deeper, you know? So not even just from the, the ethics point of view, the body composition point of view, the even health point of view, like hormonal health, I would just be thinking of it from a, an immunological point of view and thinking, yeah supraphysiological doses of testosterone at a time when you know your immune function being as optimal as possible is probably a good thing then i would if i was on all the drugs um i would probably drop down to at least being in the supraphysiological or, or sorry a physiological range you know yeah. and again that's a a personal opinion on that based on the evidence i've i've read i've seen you know and um, Obviously, 
you know, fucking talk to your doctor. Maybe, maybe don't talk to your doctor right now because they're, they're probably busy. Yeah, um, give them a couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but if you were to ask an educated opinion, as much as you want to believe me as being educated, um, I would probably just fucking drop to a cruise um, yeah. at this stage. Maybe not a cruise ship though, because they do seem to be quite hotbeds for, uh, yeah, COVID-19. But anyway, um, I have nothing else to add to this conversation. So is there anything else you want to, to add before you tell uh, everyone? Uh, there any else on notes that we did? did, 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 did I think it was, mate. No, that's pretty much everything. Yeah, that was everything. Fantastic. So uh, where can people find you? Um, who are you again? Um, cauliflower, is it? Raisin Dick? Raisin Dick, is it? Um, <laughs> uh, just uh, Callum with one L at the Muscle Mentors on Instagram. And uh, yeah, if you put in the Muscle Mentors, you'll be able to find all of us. That's where you can find us. That's pretty much it, mate. That's pretty much it. Fantastic. And I suppose I should ask, do you have coaching spots available? Because I know people are going to listen to this and maybe they listen to it in fucking six months time and they're like, oh, uh, that, he gave great advice during COVID-19 when 50% of the population died. Oh, do you remember that? You know, and then maybe they're looking for a coach. Maybe you've died along the way, but you know, maybe they, they look you up and see if you're still alive. Um, but do you, you obviously coach individuals. That's why I brought you on here. Um, do you have coaching spots available? Tell us about that service. Immediately, um, no, because uh, I just because of the time and because of the time the clients will need at the moment. Books are unless you're in the funnel already, books are closed. Um, but I'll probably open back up towards the end of April, May time. Um, obviously, if you can't get coaching from us, then we obviously have an educational portal that obviously crushes the one that Creel Triage are about to release. Um, <laughs> um, you can find that. You don't even know what's coming. Type in the Muscle Mentors on Google and you'll be able to find out the education portal. But um, some of the boys have, have coaching space, I personally don't. But um, yeah, the people that are already on my waiting list kind of know what's going on already. But if you do want coaching, then just drop us an inquiry on the website and we can get, get in touch with you. Yeah, and that'll all be linked yeah. below your website. Yeah. It'll be like, it's dog shit and everything, but like it'll be linked. <laughs> there, you know? um, yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, man. Fantastic. Well, everyone who listens to this podcast, they probably know where to find me. If you don't, again, it's linked below. So that's cool. I'm just going to wrap it up here because nothing else to say. And I've already recorded two hours, three hours actually worth of podcasts today. So I need to need to eat and stop talking. Um, but uh, yeah, follow Callum. He's a, he's a nice guy. He's quite small, but he's a nice guy. <laughs> right. Thank you for having me on, mate. <laughs>